You are listening to the 2023 Road to Comrade series of the Stimulate Run podcast hosted by Owen. Wayne, Katrina and Murray share their lead up to the ultimate human race. Questions can be directed via our socials and we would love you to show your support by leaving a rating and review. All right. Welcome everybody to the recap. Who would have thought from back in January, we would have everybody sitting here. Well, I knew everybody would be sitting here, um, but the smiles on their faces, successful stories, one who just absolutely dominated the novice story and we can't wait to unpack his side. Um, We've got a podium finisher on the female event. So that's always great to celebrate. And we've got a master's record holder as well so not a bad little resume from the group from 2023 and i think everybody listening will join me congratulating and welcoming murray katrina and wayne wayne hi everyone thanks Owen. <laughs> so everyone's back in their humble abodes wayne's on his uh, mind site back on his um, blue collar life it'll be good to unpack some stories guys um I dare say every one of you has one and you're all going to have a hundred questions for each other. We've got some listener questions that come in as well. So I think without any delay, let's go to the lady who, well, I suppose just came storming home and had me on the edge of my seat watching those splits in the back half of the race. So it'd be great to hear about it. So Katrina, the floor is all yours. Oh, thanks, Erwin. Well, what can I say? I mean, comrades just absolutely lived up to what our expectations were for, for since January once again and uh, what a race it was just amazing I really just had an overwhelming sense of gratitude and um, happiness running through the race this year like it was really phenomenal the, the crowds were beyond amazing um, the the event itself was just I, I actually think it was better than what I remembered it from being in 2019 um, I couldn't think. I couldn't quite figure out if it was because it's been a few years and my memory has gotten a little bit uh, less sharp on the race itself. But um, yeah, it was just. It was amazing. It was really, really so much fun. So much, the crowds were just fantastic, and uh, I absolutely loved it. I must say. Um, but the race itself for me was slightly. I mean, I finished. I crossed the line, and I had a real sense of. Um, very, very, very pleased with how I ran, but also a small part of me that was um, also disappointed. Uh, you know, I got, um, I was very unfortunate to get sick um, on the way. I think it was either the week before or traveling to Durban and uh, I was kind of fighting illness most of, well, not illness as such, but I was just fighting off this side bug that I picked up for a lot of the week beforehand. Um, which was kind of mentally draining in one respect because you know it just was a big question mark over a how I, if I would line up and b how I would run on the day, but look, um, I was just very lucky that I got to the start line. Um, I had kind of thought it through thanks to the help of Wayne the previous day and just said, you know, I'm here. I'm going to line up. I'm going to see how I feel. I can't tell. You, you know, you can never really put yourself into that. Um, uh, you know the level of intensity of running the day before because you're, you're really just doing little strides at that stage and I also do feel that the body is starting to shut down in preparation for what's to come because 
you know the mind knows what's ahead and it's starting to conserve as much as possible so um you know I did I lined up and I, I said to myself right um let's see how it feels I'll go as far as 20k and see how I feel and um I yeah again maybe a small bit unfortunate for me but probably should have been aware that it was only five degrees on the start line so it was very very cold and um you know the I had like kind of a chest infection thing which meant that it was just a little bit more difficult for me to actually breathe properly and to cough up the phlegm at that you know when when it was so cold and as the race progressed and the sun came up and it started heating up and you know I got completely um lifted literally lifted up off the road by the crowds and the other people running along beside me um you know that really made the difference and I remember actually I saw a picture yesterday um on Instagram of I was running down Fields Hill and I had I was literally beaming from ear to ear I didn't actually quite remember being so happy running down Fields Hill but I think when I got there I knew I was I knew I was going well a I knew I was going to finish it and b I knew I was I was in fifth at that point and I was just so pleased with myself and really, really delighted that I was going to pick up another gold medal. Not maybe the podium position that I had originally wanted to get, but look, I mean, all things considered, I knew myself, I was really pleased with, with how it went and absolutely delighted and uh, crossed the line to hear the fantastic news. Everyone was talking about Wayne's finish, which I know we'll get onto <laughs> in a minute, but, um, you know, that was uh, just brilliant to hear the the great news from from our group and uh, as well so you know kudos to, to Wayne and also to Murray then here in your fantastic run while as a novice I was um uh, you know it's kind of it, it you know it is it and it summarizes comrades very well you know you kind of realize that it's, it's um it's it's not just about the position you finish in yourself it's kind of like how everyone does because that's what the race does to you it's like a it's more than a than a race and obviously the winner counts but it's uh it's a it really is a kind of a I don't know how to describe it but it's a very very special race where everyone actually genuinely cares how everyone else runs which is uh which is very unique um let me I meant to say another gold medal which is definitely ticks the box for going again um I suppose a couple of questions for me were the race kind of didn't go out like a normal or traditional ladies race or comrades like normally quite conservative and not normally in packs, right? Normally they'll kind of, ladies will run out individually. And this seemed like the ladies had packed and, you know, Herda and Carla were almost racing from the gun. And it was, um, how did that throwing in the fact that you didn't feel overly great change your race plan or did you just stay to your plan? Yeah, you know, you're totally right. I, I'm not sure if they changed the, the ladies being on one side of the road and the guys being on the other side of the road this year. I'm not sure if they changed it, uh, but we were all together. The gun went and actually there was kind of a false start, but like only by about two seconds. So fine. But well, I think it actually meant that all the elite ladies, because we were on the front line, we got that little jump and we were actually able to group up and it was really nice. And I think actually, you know, although it was a mistake, I think it actually worked out really well. So I was I find I did find myself in the group of those ladies and I was I stayed with them for the first kilometer or so and I kind of knew myself I was like oh like no don't destroy your race Katrina for the sake of trying to just stay with this pace like I knew I needed to run into it um I you know maybe if I was feeling different I would have just gone with it I don't think I would have gone with the girl with Gerda and and Carla anyhow if I'm being honest but I was I also was kind of aware of um 
of Adele and uh, Dominica, who I would race with quite right. I would re- I've raced with Dominica quite a bit. Um, so, uh, but I was still, there was something holding me back. And then I started getting passed by loads of girls and I was like, oh God, well, right. And then we turned a corner and went up this sharp hill and like more were, were going past me. And, you know, that is hard to like take in the moment because you know you're racing these girls and you know they're getting a jump on you out the road. But I, yeah, no, I knew myself. I was very aware. I was like, don't, you know, I do want to get as far as I can in feeling as good as I can. So don't let it, um, don't let it kind of take over and go with them. So I did hold back and I'm glad I did, you know, because I think that was the right decision. I think it was the right decision. You look, you never know, but I think it was. Did you possibly run out a bit of road? Because you did finish pretty quickly. Like, you know, I kind of noticed after Fields Hill, like, did, okay, did you get to the bottom of Fields Hill and go, okay, system check, survive that, sweet, let's go? And do you think in hindsight, oh, like maybe you left it that run a bit late because you were coming pretty fast, like um, mm. just looking at the splits of the other ladies ahead of you? I tell you what, I got to the top of Fields Hill and I thought, right, I'm getting home. Yeah. And I knew, I, and I think that's why when I saw that picture yesterday, I was like, oh, wow, that totally summarizes how I felt, you know, inside. I didn't realize it was so, so obvious externally. I knew I was getting, I knew I was getting there and I was like, this is amazing. And I think I started running almost without any expectation. Well, it's like, you know, sometimes you have this weight in your shoulder when you're running and it nearly like weighs you down. I think I started running, just feeling, wow, I'm running and this is amazing. And I, I had, didn't have that question in my head anymore about, am I okay? Will I make it? Um, and I started feeling great, like really great. And I was like, almost like, shit, am I going too fast down Hippie's Hill? Because everyone was saying beforehand, don't get carried away. It's a, you know, you will be destroying your legs. But in my head, it was like, you know, I'm, I'm tough. I'll get to the end. I, I have the legs. Um, look, I don't know. I don't know if I ran out of road. I think, if I was feeling perfectly fine on the day, maybe I'd be a little bit disappointed about holding back for so long, but mm. I had to run conservatively. I yeah. had to, um, like it was a question of either running it or not running it. And it was the only way in my head I knew I was going to get, well, look in my head, it was what I decided it was the only way I was going to get there. So I'm, I'm glad I did hold back to that point. Would it have changed the positions if I had gone earlier? It's questionable, you know, mm. I, I mean, Adele was uh, 10 minutes ahead of me. So, you know, yeah. that's a big gap. And that's a, that, so that would have been your podium. Um, so, look, I think, uh, no, I think I'm happy with how I ran it. And, and I don't, it was also I the unknown too, right? Such, like yeah. you had the complete... Yeah, I've never like, done the down before. Yeah, so with that now, you've had a sighter both ways. Do you, you know, pretend like this talk that... It's, well, people are saying it's an up, but really the reality if i was to put some money down and throwing all the calculations in i would probably feel safer that it's a down um do you then go there now going okay i've seen it this is what i could possibly do and then if it isn't up do you have the same thought if you were going to go back like oh well i'm definitely going back next year i can tell you that <laughs> regardless of the direction <laughs> I didn't know there was a guy. I just assumed it would be up because it's been down for two years. No, yeah, um, that's what people assumed this year too. But um, oh, like oh, the the talk okay. is that it's supposed to be an up, 
but you know just with the way that things are done and time frame of construction yeah who knows i think i wouldn't be surprised if they said it's another down that was going to be my question for Katrina because I remember you saying on the previous podcast how you liked running downhill. So I was going to ask whether you enjoyed the down run and how it compared to the up run for you, having done both. It is way harder. It's, totally <laughs> it's actually way harder. I was shocked. I was like, I, I was like, oh, downhill is going to be amazing. <laughs> like, you know, I downhill. And I got to. Um, I don't actually know what point of the race it was. I think I was probably about 80k in and it was coming down the dual carriageway and there was a huge camber around a corner. And I was like, I always cut the corner to the slight, like I will find <laughs> that blue line to the dot. Like, but um, I, I actually found myself running in the middle of the road because my legs were so sore. Oh my goodness. It was so painful. It was painful. Mm. But, um, but I think... I mean, I, I actually don't really care whether it's up or down, but I'm, I'm, I, I tell you what, it lit a real fire in my belly, and I am very excited about next year. I'm, I'm really going to go. Um, like you, you are not going to speak to me in February of next year, and I'm, and hear me say, oh, I'm not sure have I done enough yet. I will <laughs> <laughs> Bookmark. I we'll uh, save that, Lily. <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I actually have forgotten what you asked me. Um, no, I think uh, you, uh, uh, I just the, the look on your face when I asked if you kind of had a sighter and now you'd go back and yeah, that, that said it all. So you answered my question without probably directly answering it. Yeah. Cool. Murray Wayne? Uh, yeah, I, I really just had that because I didn't see your race, obviously, because I, I was running myself. So I was just going to ask you, as I have already, about the contrast between the up and the down as someone who hasn't done the up run myself. But I think you've, you've answered it. Um, but actually, your point about the camber of the road is an interesting one because that took me by surprise, too. The, the camber is more extreme on those roads in, in KwaZulu-Natal than, than what we have in Western Australia. And I think it apparently has to do with the heavy rainfall that you get in that part of the world. Um, but yeah, that, that surprised me too, because running on one side of the road, it starts to feel quite uneven after a while, so you have to sort of shift around a bit. Mm. Yeah. Actually, before Wayne jumps in, I do have one question about the men. So, you know, it was quite interesting because I was messaging a few people throughout the day and I said, watch from about 40k, half these men will drop off around the ladies. Then watch from about 60, there'll be about two guys around these ladies and there'll be different men than were with them earlier. Early on, you would have probably had about 40 guys around you, right? How did that go yeah. for you? Because they were probably pacing off you. Um, I know you had the experience the first time around, but what was that like this time? I kind of expected it was going to happen. I, I, at the start when I was, it's funny the way the guys follow you because they run behind you. Like I love running in groups of men, but like it's weird and comrades, they don't run with you, they kind of run behind you. Um, and uh, like I, it, there was part of me that was like, because I was having a real mental, like I was really pushing myself mentally from the get go. You know, usually in a long race in an ultra, you'll kind of switch off for at least like the first, I don't know, at least the first third because we all know the brain takes so much energy. So you're trying to conserve that energy as well, you know, in the early stages. But I felt like I was really concentrating from the from the gun. And 
there was part there were times when I was like oh I just want to run behind someone for a little while just so that I don't have to you know think about everything like you know um but like I at the same time I, I it really didn't bother me I I would have loved to have had maybe a group where I was in the middle of it rather than having guys behind me but at the same time it is nice to have the company um you kind of know especially in comrades because you're it's up and down and up and down and I knew if I was if I was still with them and they weren't going past me that uh you know, we were maintaining a decent pace. Actually, <laughs> excuse me. <coughs> um, I didn't start my watch. I, I actually stopped my watch instead of starting my watch to start. So I actually didn't know what pace I was running at. Which I always said anyway, it doesn't bother me with. I don't really, you know, rely on my watch too much. But um, that to me, it was nice to have the guide of the guys running and their pace. That you know that that I knew we were probably being consistent enough, and I felt like we were being consistent. So. It was fine. And then when it thins out towards the end, well, look, I mean, it's always nice to drop people. So psychologically, it's, it's actually good, uh, you know. Cool. Awesome. Hey, Katrina and, well, Murray, I'll get to you as well. Um, yeah, I, what can I say? Um, I think if someone had told you uh, a day or two before Comrades, if you were to uh, finish with a gold medal, you'd have taken that any day. Um, so on a personal yeah. level, um, absolutely super, super proud of, of your effort. Um, I knew you were going well because I also, uh, I know that behind anyone who's reasonably successful at, at, at ultra running, you, you need someone supporting you. Uh, I've got that in, in, in my wife and I was fortunate enough to meet Martin, who's uh, Katrina's better half. And all I can say is what a legend. Uh, only if, uh, Murray, if you meet a dude, uh, I can see why Katrina shines. Uh, Martin's got a lot to do with it. He's an absolute gem. And, uh, yeah, that, you know, um, I'll leave her to sort of disclose anything else. But, um, yeah, along the way, because I, I had obviously um, I, I, and generally thought, how's Katrina going? How's Murray going? You know, along other things. And uh, somewhere along the route, uh, I managed, I didn't know, but uh, Martin was seconding. And yeah, you know, besides having a, a quick chit, I said, how's Katrina? She, she, he said, she's in, and he was pumping the air, saying she's going. So, so um, that, that was great. That was great news. And, and obviously, I think if it was the other way, uh, you know, it could have had an effect too. So it was so nice just to see that. Um, and yeah, Katrina, um, the one thing I'd like to ask you is uh, I know lots of people uh, speak don't, don't really know but uh, lots of them have asked me um, last year and this year what's it like to be in a team environment uh, like NetBank and and to um, you know sort of in a couple of days leading up to it um, how would you say or what effect did being in that environment have for you um, on, on your race uh, personally and and also as you know obviously in terms of if you look back now would you do that same uh, sort of make the same decision to go in that environment or, or you know, just go on your own and, and get someone to second you, that sort of thing, uh, one. And then two, um, I know we had uh, nutrition set up for us along the way. Do you feel that that worked for you uh, ideally? And uh, did you get all your nutrition or did you get all your drinks, your bottles, whatever you had set out at the stations? And how did that go and play? What sort of effect did that um, have for you, for your outcome? Um, so, well, firstly, thank you for complimenting Martin. He's, uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> look, I mean, I think we all need someone, as you said, very strong in a corner. And, uh, 
wow if he my yeah absolute it's, uh, he is very very supportive of me and it's it's amazing and and in fact um he arrived in Peter Mars or yeah Peter Marsburg at about maybe 6 30 or 7 p.m the night before the race as I was like you know wondering oh my gosh what will I do what will I do and it was just like amazing to see him there and just you know get that uh um, you know, I think that actually did lift me quite a bit at the time because you are in that environment, as you said, Wayne. And personally, I love it. Um, I think it's amazing to arrive in a city, particularly as an international runner, and just not have to worry about any logistics. You just literally arrive and you're looked after from when you get off the plane to when you get back on the plane. And that takes so much effort and energy out of you know your trip. So I absolutely love that part of it. Um, I love the camaraderie. I think there's a, I think the Ned Bank team, the way Nick Vester sets it up, I think he instills very much a team environment there and everyone genuinely wants the best for everyone else. And of course we are competing against each other. Like you've got the top men in the field there. You've got the top women in the field there. You know, obviously not all of them, but like quite a few. And, um, you know, of course that adds to the pressure because you're literally sitting with your biggest competitors for four days before the race. But, you know, at the same time, I, I, I personally love it um, and I would definitely do it again. Um, even just the logistics of getting to the start on the race morning, you, you're told, get up at this time, eat breakfast at this time, arrive at the minibus at this time. And you're like, that's all you need to worry about. So I do love that. Um, on the nutrition side, I had handed in eight water bottles um, with, you know, the carb drinks and gels. Um, and actually had expected to not get them all because of my experience in 2019. So I take I took um, six gels with me, which is quite a bit, but I, I was like, no, I'm going to just take six gels because I want to have that as an insurance, um, you know, for myself. And also, you know, given that I knew I probably wasn't going to be running at like 110%, I was like, I prefer to have them. And I am so glad I did because I needed all of them. And I, I think I got four of the eight bottles, which isn't bad, but at the same time, I missed 20K, missed 30K. I got four to the K where Martin was. Um, and then I uh, I think I got like the 50K one and the 60K one. And then I missed 70 and 80, is that right? Oh, there was one at 84, which, yeah, I mean, that was kind of pointless anyway at that stage. But um, so, look, I'm really, yeah, look, I mean, it's tough. Fully appreciate this talk for the guys. We're coming in such big numbers, and you're like, we're you know, it's our responsibility to look out for the seconders as much as it is for them looking out for us. And um, so, I think it it's, it works well, but you definitely need to be prepared to not get all your bottles. And um, and I think once you are, then it works. And I don't, I feel I was probably had probably sufficient nutrition, mind you. It did take me like two hours to um to um, do the, the doping <laughs> test afterwards so I didn't I thought oh, I thought I was much more hydrated than this but obviously not <laughs> how did you feel no, that... well I know we're probably going to get on for you, to you but how did no. your water stations or your nutrition go for you uh absolutely spot on everything was spot on and I'll I'll, I'll go through all that and yeah. it, you know, again, you answered one of my questions because Murray asked you which would you prefer now, the down or the up, and and I had to ask you that because um, the down is a totally different discipline. But in your opinion, if you if you had to have a real, if all the stars were aligned and you had a a top, you know, a day that everything went together, uh, if you had a real hot crack and everything was good, 
which would you say you would you would absolutely uh, you think you could nail the up or the down? I think probably the down because okay. um, yeah, I think maybe the down. Yeah. Okay. And what what sort of preparation would you use going forward if next year was another down, and if you were to do it, how would you do things differently, Katrina? That's something I had to ask you. Yeah, um, it's a great question because um, uh, you know I had happily said oh, I love running downhill beforehand, but I was very naive <laughs> saying that. You know, to be fair, um, I think I would start. I would actually actively try and like you know train in a way that would train my legs to get used to that feeling and I know that's a that's a fine line to be fair because you don't want to be running pounding too much because that's obviously massively increasing your injury chances but I think you could do it in such a way that maybe um after you've done a long run or after you've done you know a kind of a, a tough enough session that you might just actually start running downhill just so that you know you start you know getting used to that feeling of having tired legs and starting to pound on them and mm-hmm. um, because I wouldn't have ever done that in training before and I think that would help and um, even just to you know obviously it wouldn't be completely identical to the race but I think it would start to just get a little bit of mu- muscle memory going um, and okay. I think I'd also be much better with the weights because I do think you need <laughs> very strong legs yeah yeah um, final question do. Katrina final question did you have any any issues of cramping this year I had twinges I was deaf <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, please do not. And I was like, what do I do? What I do? And I was like, and people were asking a lot of DP actually, way yeah. more DP this year. And I was like, oh, i try that because I've never done it. Magic and spray. Do that, crap, do that <laughs> And I was like, should I slow down? And I was like, no, fuck it. I'm just going to, I'm going to go. And, uh, and, and they had, they held off, but they were twinging from about, I'd say 12K in, they started twinging or 12K out. They started twinging from the end. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, I think no. Murray probably saw this more, but the funniest part that I always find is the, the guys standing on the side of the road with the table salt containers and oh. people just going through desperation stakes and taking handfuls of it oh, in God. thinking that's going to be the saviour. And you guys wouldn't see that, but definitely later on in the day, anything will go to get you out of this hole and you, you're just looking for that magic tablet and literally people table soul is the one to go but um i think like just before you jump off um i really like your time and it's you know we could be here for hours just even talking about the shorter course whatever but you know to run 610 and i just compared it with the last two previous down runs so, which maybe you don't want to hear this, but you, I'm sure you would have looked anyway. So, 2018 winning time was 6.10. That's it. Um, and then last year was 6.17. So, you know, like, we, you could say, oh, I'll do this and possibly do that. But, you know, to run that time, any other year, you you walk away with victory. And, like, I think it even just goes more to your result, like, so another big kudos to walk away with gold, but, you know, to be running that kind of time, um, yeah, just another massive result. So, again, congratulations. I know it's it doesn't change much at the end of the day, but, yeah, it's, I'm sure I hope no, you but give you know yourself what it does. support. It's... I, I think it's amazing because it shows you the, 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 the 
the girls that are being attracted to that race mm. and the standard is constantly increasing also on the men's side um and it shows you how you know people really do want to win and they're willing to train incre- incre- sorry incredibly hard and yes <coughs> excuse me i was very happy with the time in fact i couldn't believe it there was a big clock beside just when you t- took a right to go into the stadium you know, at the very end there was a big clock beside the guy who handed me the rose and i looked at the clock and i saw 608 and i was like 608 i couldn't believe it i was just actually blown away myself because i didn't feel like i was running fast enough to, to run at that pace but um yeah like absolutely kudos to the girls wow gerda had such an incredible run she's such a superstar and an amazing ambassador for the race and I absolutely, I'm really happy that I was able to race against her. She's a fantastic competitor and, you know, she was just out there on her own. Like, I think, you know, she was never going to be beaten and um, good for her. And, you know, also to Adele, who had a fantastic run to come second and Carla, like, wow, like, yeah, kind of out of nowhere in a way coming third. So, um, yeah, like, I mean, I, I do feel that it's brilliant for the race and, um, you know, hopefully that competitiveness will continue well, in the future, which I'm very you, sure it will, to be fair. If you take a 225 marathon out of that race, it actually, like, I was more excited about the ladies' race than the men's because yeah. there was literally about 10 people that could have walked away there and won. Like, yeah. if you take her out, she's almost a bit of an exception based on that marathon block she's come and come yeah. off. And now maybe mm-hmm. next year's a bit different with Paris and depends what she's going to do. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you look at that and go, okay, take her out of that field. It's probably comes back into that kind of playbook, and again, more exciting because you then have four to five people. But like you said, it's attracting different names now. There might be people who sit there and go, oh, there's this ultra. Let me go have a look. Um, yeah, so I think the result is just going to make it more interesting if anything yeah for sure yeah and i do think if gerda doesn't run it next year i think it'll be a completely different race because i think you might not get someone to go off terribly hard at the start because it'll be a little bit more tactical who knows maybe it'll be exactly the same i don't know but yeah it's, it'll be certainly interesting to see might be longer next year though <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't think they're going to give anybody 86k again <laughs> all right murray Take us through the magical plan. We heard all about it every episode, but I think well the other two didn't get a chance. <coughs> I got to watch this play out. And you literally, when it was time to tick over the, the time, bang, you ticked it over. And maybe you did waver on the day, but to us it looked, yeah, like you pretty much followed your own script. So congratulations before you start unpacking. Um, yeah, and take us on a ride. Oh, uh, thanks, Erwin. So... You know, like I said in the previous podcast, um, the goal was to finish under nine hours and I just got there by 90 seconds. I think I was 8.58 something. So I was really pleased about that. Um, The experience of Comrades itself was amazing for me, like Katrina was saying. Um, It really lived up to everything I'd I'd heard about it. Uh, There's this amazing crowd support on on the course, which I experienced for the first time as as a novice. And to the point that sometimes you're not even sure whether you're at an aid station or not, because there's so many people at the side of the road offering you offering you food and whatever, you know, as you go through the course. So I really enjoyed that. And I think the other thing about Comrades that I really, which I knew already, but I appreciated it more being part of it, 
there's as much support for the runners at the back of the field as at the front, which is, I think, was similar to what Katrina was saying earlier. So obviously, you know, everyone watches Katrina and Wayne and the others with, with amazement and, and admiration. But then you see the 12-hour runners coming in and the stadiums fill and everyone's supporting them too. So most races that I go to have been involved. And by the time the final runners come through, everyone's sort of left. You know, there's no one there anymore. The Comrades is quite different to that. If anything, the stadium fills up as the, as the day goes on. So really special event. And I suppose from a novice perspective, if there are any novices listening, like Katrina's husband, for example, who are thinking of doing it, I'd say go for it. It's, it's a fantastic experience. As for how the day went for me, um, when I listened to your podcast with Barry Holland, where he said, um, plan your race and race your plan. So I took that to heart and I had a, a, a plan that I followed in terms of the pace that I wanted to stick to. And I thought about different parts of the course. I also was fortunate to drive the course earlier in the week with my parents. Uh, so I got a good sense of, of what it would look like. And so I knew what Nchanga looked like in Bertha's Hill and those sorts of areas. Um, so that was really helpful too, um, going into the day. I did nearly come unstuck though, a uh, very similar point to Katrina. Uh, so went down Fields Hill, went through Pine Town, I walked up Cowie's Hill. And then after that, going into the sort of Westville area, I suppose that's around 75 kilometers. I just found I couldn't run anymore. That's how I felt. And it, it sounds a bit silly now, but it's exactly what Katrina said. My legs were just so sore. I just thought I can't, you know, the running part of today is done. I'm going to have to just walk the rest of the way to Durban. And um, there's also, as Katrina described, there's this sort of long dual carriageway. And I remember sort of trying to run down there and just stopping and walking. And it really felt that it was all coming unstuck then because the Nana bus passed me and then another Nana bus passed me. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have to explain this on the podcast. <laughs> in a few weeks' time, it all sort of fell apart, you know, in this, this final part of the race. But I started to walk around a bit, which helped, like, you know, run to a point, walk to a point. Um, there was a guy, I don't know if it was an aid station or not, but he had some deep heat and like an aerosol and he sprayed it on my legs and that actually helped more than I thought it would. It sort of dumbed my legs and I managed to get running again. I think where it turned around for me though is when I got onto the freeway um, going into Durban. Uh, so there's an off ramp and you go up this off ramp onto the freeway and I sort of found my legs again then and I think it was knowing that it wasn't that far to go. Um, and when I got up to the toll gate, the sort of bridge over the freeway where you see the city, I remember looking at my watch and realizing that if I could run the rest of the way, I'd still sneak in under nine hours. So I just sort of gritted my teeth and went for it. And uh, like you, Katrina, I got to the stadium and saw that clock outside and I saw I had three minutes to go. So I just, you know, just pushed on that, that final section on the grass seemed to go on forever because I kept running around a corner thinking the finish line was going to be there and then it wasn't there. But um, yeah, managed to get over the, the finish line uh, just under nine hours. And uh, yeah, it was amazing because all of that sense of uh, pain and discomfort that I'd been experiencing 10 kilometers previously all sort of evaporated immediately. And then there's just a sense of you know, real achievement that you, you've completed this massive race and, and got to the end. So yeah, for me, it was um, overall, it was a great day. Uh, really. I don't know if enjoy is the right word because inevitably I think there's going to be some some really difficult parts. And for me, it was that part, uh, you know, as I said already, just past Cowie's Hill, which was a real struggle. But um, yeah, I was really pleased to to find a way through that and uh, yeah, and get to the end. So yeah, great experience. And as I said earlier, to the novices out there, 
you're thinking about it, do it, but just make sure you do the training because uh, it is a very tough course. And I thought I trained on hilly, on, a, on some hilly courses in Perth. We spoke about Death Valley and so on, but actually even earlier in the course, I was finding it tougher than, than what I'd experienced in Perth. And uh, I don't know quite what it is. I think it's the relentless uphill and downhill on the course. And as Katrina said earlier, that camber in the road is is also it's another factor which I just hadn't anticipated at all. That because the road has the slope to the sides, you have to factor that in and how you you run. And sometimes you have to shift from left to right. I think we're so used to rhythm running. You know, we do marathons that are quite sanitized. So from the gun, everybody can get on goal marathon pace, and it doesn't change unless it's up. It's almost up to you to change that. So now you're going to go do this ultra where within 3K, you've gone up and down about 20 times and then you get the poly shorts and you catch a pop down hill. And then on the other side of that, you're going uphill to the highest point of the course and you get to 30K and you go, bloody hell, I thought we were doing a down run. Yeah. And you probably look at your average pace and go, this is nowhere near where I need to be. Um, like just from experience, that's where I get to. I get to 30k and go, oh, the plan is not happening here today, guys. Um, so for a novice, that could be really confronting. I made a plan. I mean, I stuck to my plan for the first 30k's and I got there at the time I had in mind. I just felt more tired than I thought I would. Because we'd done lots of sort of 40k runs and training, I thought I'd be fresh at 30k's. But actually, I got to 30k's feeling that it was already starting to, to sap my energy. Did you, um, I know... Again, from the first 30Ks, did you, were you quite insular? And were you, I suppose, focusing on not tripping and, you know, just really controlling your own world? Or did you, because I know a lot of people are really chatty in that first 30Ks. And I've often gone, you know, and I think I said it at the comrades talk to you guys, the person who relaxes the earliest normally has a really good comrades. Um, so I'm not sure how you were. Were you very... I suppose, charged and really kept in your own space? Or were you open to conversation and relaxing early? Um, I, I tried to, as Katrina said, to actually conserve energy. And I'm always a bit puzzled when I see people full of, you know, like giving lots of high fives and arms in the air and shouting a lot in the first 10Ks or so, because I just think, well, it's such a long way to go. I just try to run efficiently and within myself just to conserve as much energy as possible. There were a few chats, of course, that inevitably in comrades there are the whole way. Um, but, uh, I, I, I did feel relaxed, um, but, uh, I was, I was trying to conserve as much as possible. All right. Yes. I've got a few questions for you, Murray. Um, <laughs> thought you were, thought you were done with me. Um, the confidence to execute, you know, you are obviously a confident person, but from day one, you were very much, this is my, my goal, my plan, and I'm not moving from it, but on game day, you've got to go do it, all right? And did that just come naturally? Or, you know, did you have to say to yourself, hey, Murray, we got to get going here. We're actually racing. And because to run a Burrowan, you are racing. And, every, well, you know, so that as a novice is hard enough as well, combining the two. Um, can you kind of talk us through that execution part? Because, again, you nailed that. Or did it just happen naturally? No, I mean, I thought about the pace I wanted to start at, and it was a much slower pace than we'd been doing the training at in Perth. So I thought it should feel easy, um, and it, it sort of did initially. I, 
I also got a useful tip from Coach Perry listening to one of his podcasts. He said, if you're looking at your average pace and you're going too far, stop and walk. Just bring it down. And I did that actually within the first 20 kilometers because I, I wanted to run between 5.45 and 6 minutes a kilometer. But most of the training has been more like 5 minutes a kilometer. So um, naturally, when you tape it and fit, you want to run faster. So I was just kept telling myself to slow down in the first 30 kilometers. And there was a section where I saw myself starting to speed up and I actually did, did have a bit of a walk break just to just to lower the pace again. Because I think one benefit of having driven the course is I knew what Nchanga and Bothers Hill and those areas actually looked like. And so I knew what was, what was coming ahead. Um, so uh, I, I tried to sort of hold back as much as possible. And then I knew it's, you know, for me, it was just to, to sort of keep my pace within a certain zone the whole way as much as possible. And that's what I tried to do. Um, and I think at a certain point, you, you just got to keep going, you know. So I, I didn't, you asked about confidence. As I said, I think in a previous podcast, I think there's much less pressure on me than someone like Katrina or Wayne who are performing at an elite level. So I had a goal, but honestly, if I hadn't met it, I wouldn't have been devastated. You know, it was like nothing turns on it for me professionally or, or otherwise. Um, so I, I wanted to meet my goal, but equally, I didn't feel like I had the weight, you know, ma massive weight on my shoulders to to make it happen. Um, so it, it was a step into the unknown, but it was one I was excited about taking too. And then like the fear of failure, like I always like asking that question because you put it out there and just to be a novice to put it out there and to put that time out there, like you're an intelligent person, let's face that. And like, how did you deal with that fear of failure on the day? Like you said, you went through a dark patch. What did you, did you ever look at that and go, okay, this is what I need to put into play. How do I work myself out of this? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Well, the, yeah, the dark patch was, yeah, the, the, the dark patch, as you put it, was um, uh, like I mentioned earlier, where I felt I couldn't run anymore at all. Um, and it, it wasn't, uh, situation I found myself in before because comrades are so unique. I've never had that experience of my legs being that sore. So, you know, I've had experiences of hitting the wall at, over a marathon distance, but this was something different of just this real pain in my quads and the sense that I just can't, can't run anymore. Um, and it, it's how, how I found my way through that um, was like I said, a few things, but I think it was really just when I realized it wasn't that far to go, I just managed to find an additional reserve of energy. Um, and I think it helped that there were some long downhills into the city along the freeway. Um, and I, I suppose the fact that I looked at my watch and realized that I could actually still get there helped a lot for motivation too, because I thought, hang on, you know, you've trained, you've trained since January. You've been talking about this race. You put all this time in. If you don't go for it now, you're going to regret it. So now's the time to actually push yourself because if you don't push yourself, you're going to have regrets later. So I thought, you know, there's no point in slacking off now and just sort of throwing up my hands and, and letting it go. Now's the time to push on because you've done the work. Let's try and make it, let's try and make it within the, the time that you, that you hope to get. Um, and fortunately, at that point, I was still close enough to that time that I realized I could make it happen. But look, Comrades is hard. It was harder than I expected. Um, I didn't know what to expect. <clears throat> but like I said, it got hard 
harder than I expected earlier on. And I think from about 60 Ks on, it becomes a bit of a blur in my memory. You just, there are people everywhere, especially through Hillcrest, people shouting, people shout your name because your name's on your bib. You're eating all sorts of weird stuff people are handing to you out of the, you know, oranges <laughs> with salt on them and, and, and whatnot. Um, sometimes you're caught in a big group of runners like a bus and you're surrounded by all these people. Some of them are singing. Other times you're on your own. And so I've got quite clear memories of part of the race and quite blurred, sort of surreal, hazy memories of other parts. Um, so, uh, you know, you start with a plan and you try to execute it, but, it, you know, parts of it, you're not really doing that at all. You're just, you're just keeping going and, and going with the flow of the event. And uh, I, did, I didn't have um, someone seconding me on the course, but I did use the Consports uh, service where you have three points uh, where you can leave gels and whatnot. And I did stick to that for the first two, but I completely forgot about the third one at the top of Kawi. So I think at that stage of the race, it was just all too, too much of a blur. And so I just, you know, just ran straight past that or walked straight past that without thinking about it. I think um, that's one point that, you know, Wayne and Katrina, you, you'd be used to that big crowds and then yourself. And I think I even messaged Wayne before comrades and I was like, you know, this is something that, I'm not prepared for because when I had finished my previous two, I was around a lot of people, but around that even eight to nine hour spot, sometimes you're running by yourself for a few hundred meters and it, it can be quite confronting and it's not something that you actually prepared for. So it's, I'm glad to hear you say it because if there's anyone even thinking about going, that's why I think I mentioned doing some long runs by yourself because there are points on the course where you've got no it's daylight and there's no one around and it can be a bit like confronting because 100 meters ago you had thousands of people shouting at you um yeah so i do have one more before the other who jump in and i'll ask this normally on a one-on-one -on -one show but um what did you if anything learn about yourself well, that's an interesting <laughs> question Owen. i must admit it's not one that i thought about um, I mean, one thing I learned is I really like comrades. It's not about myself, but I, like Katrina, if you're bitten by the comrades bug, and uh, I certainly would like to do it again. I don't know if it's going to be practical with you know financial and family commitments and everything, but I'd love to go back and do it. Um, I think I also learned, um, uh, this is more running than I've done previously in preparation for comrades, and I really enjoyed that. Um, so that's that I surprised myself by how much running up I, I could absorb and enjoy. It was more than I expected. So that's something I learned. Um, as to the other parts, I mean, I've always been quite a methodical goal oriented person and I do tend to plan a lot. So I suppose I translated some of that into running comrades too. So I don't think I learned something about myself there, but I was pleased that I managed to get over a wobble in the event and actually pushed home to achieve what I'd set out to achieve. So I felt, I felt good about that. Well, <laughs> very diplomatic. The other two guys, you want to, got any questions? Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say that I think it's very impressive just listening to your description, Marie, of how you really had, you had to stop to walk and you thought I'll just walk to Durban. But you still managed to get yourself back running because that that takes a lot of mental, um, well, it takes a lot of mental strength, but also a lot of courage and just you know knowing that you're going to go back into that pain cave as they call it, 
Um, so, you know, absolutely kudos and well done for that. Um, I actually have a few questions, but <laughs> I think you answered one of them. The first one I wanted to know was, um, you know, as a novice, you pretty much blew it out of the water and achieved what people have, you know, trained for a couple of comrades to do by, you know, getting your, your sub nine hours. And does that take the, I was going to ask you, I think you, you think, I think you, the answer is yes, but I was going to ask you if that kind of takes the, um, the desire to go again away from it a small bit or will you just um set your goals even you know higher next time and uh and go for it again oh uh, i think I mean, I, I, yeah i definitely would love to do it again i think if it was an uprun everyone says it's almost a different event so i probably would set a similar goal just because i don't know what to expect from that um yeah so but yeah i hadn't i haven't honestly thought that far ahead about doing comrades again what goals would be um but uh yeah i'd love to do it again and but i, I do yeah. think i'd approach the uprun as a different event because that's just what you know what absolutely everyone says about it. so I, I wouldn't assume that it would play out in a similar way to the down run yeah fair enough um the other thing i was wondering is we had a, quite a, a, a discussion about this and this was new to me i suppose at the time in one of the previous podcasts where we talked about what part of the starting pen you would go in would you go at the back of faster runners or at the start of slower runners because you wanted to make sure your pace from the start wouldn't be kind of upset and it didn't take you maybe quite as long to pass the start line? Where did you actually start on the starting grid? And are you pleased with where you were or did you find that you, <coughs> in hindsight, started in a different spot? Uh, so I was in the, um, the C seating. Um, and to be honest, I could see the runners at the front from where I was. So oh, okay. it wasn't that far from the from the start line, and I could mm -hmm. see the certainly see the B runners, and it was fine for me. I, I didn't feel that I needed to be closer to the start. Yeah. Okay. So it worked out well. Mm. And uh, the last one I was just curious about. So you mentioned um, how you were explaining to your wife how everyone hates Pine Town, where she's from. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hate Pine Town as much as you explained to her? Or no, no, Pine Town, Pine Town was good for me. Pine Town, I actually managed to run through Pine Town by and large, and I was going quite well there. It was Westville that I hated, so there you go. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of you as I was going through Pine Town, and uh, I was like, it's not as bad as you say. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard people say that about the course with the come down field hill, and it's kind of flat and hot and all of those kinds of things. Yeah. It's good. You hated the most um, enjoyable part of the course, Murray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this is just a curious what I'm curious about. Um, is there anything you'd change? Like you were you had the like perfect lead up to comrades. I think it was, you know, we talked about it before, how you were very you had your plan, you stuck to it and you were ticking off your sessions and you knew that was building your confidence as you got closer to race day. Is there anything you would have changed in hindsight looking at your preparation for the race? Yeah. Or are you very pleased with what you did? That's a great question. And actually, <clears throat> sorry, I'm coughing a bit. I've also had a slight, I think it's a post-comrades sort of virus. Um, I remember Wayne saying right in the first podcast we did that comrades is a lot about strength. And I don't think I fully understood that at the time. I sort of listened and I tried to take that on board. And I did a bit of strength training, but um, not not perhaps as much as I could have. And I think you've picked up on that too, Katrina, because it's the first race I've run where my legs have absorbed so much punishment. And that was the case for everyone who I spoke to afterwards. 
And Wayne spoke a lot earlier in the, the series of podcasts about getting in the gym and getting strong and all of those kinds of things. And I think that might really have helped with the sort of relentless downhill pounding that you get on the road. Mm-hmm. So that that's probably the one thing that I would have would have changed. And uh, obviously, yeah, if yeah. you're getting more ambitious about times, then you'd want to run more too. Um, but uh, you know, I sort of set out with a certain goal and, and did sessions with that in mind. But I think I'd probably in- investigate strength training more. Great. Uh, oh, Murray, uh, you know, just in listening to you, firstly, before we go, I know Katina can say this as well as myself. Um, I'm just disappointed that because I had to leave literally straight off to Comrades the next day that we didn't get to meet up in person because uh, it would have been an awesome catch up. Uh, Katina and I both mentioned that that we were gutted at the fact that we, we, we just didn't see you. Um, but, uh, you know, likewise, I have to uh, congratulate you. Um, your years must have been burning red hot because the, <laughs> the amount of people that, that, that have been talking to me on a personal level about you um, was phenomenal. I'll be very honest with you for several reasons. And I'll go into that quickly and then, and, and then I've got a few different questions. But, you, you know, just listening to you describe your race um, and that's, you know, in just listening to the whole thing, that's actually comrades that, that you've described to perfection. Uh, the first 30 to 60 Ks, it basically, uh, and I've described it before, tenderizes the legs and it mashes you down. And that feeling you got at 75, where it all started like, what's going on? I know exactly how you feel because I, I was there many times. And last year, I felt the exact same thing, Murray. I don't know if you're aware of it, but I got to the last 12 K and I had nothing. Uh, and so that's why I want to say to you personally, um, you know, if I were to go to war and fight with someone, uh, I would take you with me gladly. <laughs> well, that, that's uh, very kind. That, I think that's the first time anyone said that to me, Wayne. So I'll take that. As no, no, I would, because I'll tell you something, Murray, um, at that late stage of the race, um, to sort of be able to muster up, not just courage, uh, but it shows, I wouldn't ask you the question, and that's one of the questions I had for you, is what did you learn about you? And I, and, I, and, I, and I dare say, if you, I don't think there's a part of you that knew you had that much courage. Uh, and there's another word that comes to mind, but I won't mention it here, but uh, you have something special, mate. Um, I've watched you through the whole, uh, or sorry, watched and listened uh, from day one. And what I loved about, and Katrina said the exact same thing, is how you've executed the plan. You, you are obviously very meticulous, very methodic, uh, but it's the way you, you stuck to it. And what I like about what you've done, yes, you went through pain and everything else, but, mate, the bragging rights that you have from a sub-9 on as a novice is phenomenal. I, I need you to know that um, because your, your training was near perfect. Uh, you know, there's lots of questions we could ask around, obviously, uh, how you can improve on it and, and that sort of thing. But, again, you know, I've seen many, many, many runners do much more training than you and actually go out and say they're going to run a silver medal and struggle to finish in the position you finished because of exactly what happened to them in that second half of the race. So I want to say to you, mate, huge kudos, uh, you know, for showing for me on a personal level. That's why I said I'd take you to war with me, mate, because that's something that, uh, that I've got a lot of um, – I'm, I'm a small guy. But if you put me in the, in a corner, I'm going to come out biting and swinging. 
And that's exactly what you showed. So I want to say a tip of the hat to you uh, for pulling out a masterclass performance, in my opinion, honestly. Um, I know, Mari, you mentioned a lot of different things and, you know, uh, in terms of what you experienced and where you went. And, and you mentioned the fact of, yep, uh, you know, possibly going and, 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 and being hooked and wanting to do it again. Uh, but if you were to, if you were to summarize and, and tell someone exactly, look, um, there's one key ingredient that you need to have a successful comrades from your experience. What would that one thing be that you'd yeah. say you have to have this? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote Jacques Mayer, who is the comrades ambassador in Western Australia and coordinates the training group here, and uh, he spent a lot of time on our when we ran together telling me horror stories about comrades, how you know, it destroys you and it's awful and all of these kinds of things. And I said to him eventually, why are you telling me all these stories, Jacques? You, you know, you're the ambassador for comrades and you're meant to be making me enthusiastic <laughs> about this race. And he said, no, he said in his Afrikaans accent, you've got to be scared, Murray. I'm scaring you because you've got to be daunted by this. And if you're scared, you're going to prepare properly. And actually, I think that's right. You know, you can't underestimate it. Um, and I did take that to heart. Um, and uh, I think it helps, you know, like Erwin, my dad also ran Comrade, so that ha helps having heard about it growing up. Um, but, you know, I think if you're scared of it, if you're daunted by it, if you realize what a tough race it is, then you're likely to train properly. And every time I felt demotivated about the training, um, then I just reminded myself of what the reality of the race was, and that got me out there again. So I, I think that's a key ingredient. As Barry, to quote Barry Holland, too, who mentioned Irwin's podcast with him, I think he says at some point you've got to respect comrades. And when you don't respect it, that's that's when you have a problem. The minute you disrespect it, then it, then it bites you. So, yeah, approaching it with a sense of respect, I think, is, is key. Absolutely. And I agree with you 100% there. The next question I'd like to ask you is obviously, it's an obvious one, but from you personally, um, prior to comrades and now having completed comrades, do you feel you're a different person? on a personal level? Yeah, you know, you do kind of, don't you? It's uh, maybe all, through, all, all of us have had this experience. Um, I remember, you know, often when you get to the end of a race, you get that medal at the end. And I never really, you know, invest that much in it. But the Comrades medal was different. I sort of looked at it. I took a photo and sent it to my kids. Um, it, it does give you a real sense of achievement. And I think everyone who runs Comrades, there's a battle at some point along the way. Everyone you talk to, no matter how successful their race has been, when you read the account of it, there's, there's some part where they struggle, there's some part they find difficult. And, uh, you, you know, you, you find a way through those, those sections. And uh, it, it does give you a real sense of, of achievement, I, I found. And, I, I, you know, I still have that. Um, so it, it, it does... Does it make you feel like a different person? I suppose it gives you a sense of confidence, a sense of confidence in, in relation to what you've achieved. Okay. And do you feel like you could take on anything else after doing comrades, like any other challenges? Do you feel it coming your way, you, you'd be able to deal with them? Um, um, I mean, different – I mean, in t terms of running challenges, I mean – I mean, I feel I could certainly have another go at comrades, which, you know, beforehand I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but now I think, okay, you know, I can, I can do this. Um, and I think it, just focusing on running, I mean, we've all had the, that experience in the longer events where there's a difficult section, and I think I'd sort of back myself more now to find a way through it. 
um, than I did previously. Um, and so if I was to do something like comrades again, if I ran into that sort of section where the legs are sore or whatever, I think I could always draw on the memory of having found a way through it previously. Think, okay, there, there's something I can do. There's a way I can I can I can work through this. Nice, nice. Finally, Murray, I need to know. I know your family will be proud of you, but what sort of reaction did you get from your your wife, your kids, your immediate family, and then obviously from the wider community as such um, uh, after your after comrades? It was great because um, uh, my parents were at the finish line, which was lovely. Um, and they both know quite a lot about comrades because, you know, as I mentioned, my dad used to run and my mom used to second in the days where you could sort of travel along the course, that kind of thing. So they, they were thrilled. Um, and, uh, you know, driving the course of my parents brought back quite a lot of memories for them too, of, you know, running comrades in the 1960s and early 70s, a different era. Um, but of course, the course is still substantially the same. It still has the same hills and the same challenges. Um, my, uh, there was a sort of the, the the my family, my kids, and my wife were tracking in Perth on the app. Um, so that was that was really exciting for them. Um, I think my wife was the most anxious. <laughs> so she was sort of watching that dot all the time, trying to see where where it was. Um, and she was thrilled. Uh, yeah, and my son's actually got really, I mean, he's quite quite sporty. So now he's really interested in comrades and running too. I mean, obviously he's, a bit, he's only nine years old. So, sorry, not nine. He's um, he's 12 years old. So he's a bit young to be thinking about anything of that magnitude. But uh, you never know. The intergenerational effects with these things. I probably wouldn't be running comrades unless my dad had. So you never know. There might be another, my son might be out there one day doing it too. And, 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 and say, 15 years time we'll see awesome awesome no and that's that's what it is is like i said just from the conversations i've been having about you with other people you've inspired many many people and i know there's another gentleman sitting here uh hosting the show i'm sure he's genuinely can't wait to get up and, and do a comrades after watching you run <laughs> i think um one word i think that summarizes you the best murray is humble like and it reflects in your result because you respected it and you didn't yeah you just you went in there with humble aspirations and yeah that for me i think yeah if you could bottle it like i said to you before you you'd be selling plenty of bottles but um, yeah so oh the last question for you i suppose we may as well do nutrition for you too seeing that we're doing it individually uh what was the plan and did it go to plan yeah, the plan. This one at Consport. Yeah, so I had the Consport stops. I, I started with some gels, and then at the Consport stops, I had some of the food I'd been using for training, um, cliff bars, you know, those sorts of things. Um, and at those points, I, I picked up that food and I sort of walked and ate it. Um, that worked pretty well. I think I wasn't quite. Um, there was so much food on the course, though. Uh, that that's what took me by surprise. I knew that people talk about the support on comrades, but there was so much I was being offered that um, I was never really short of food if I felt hungry. There were these sort of salted oranges I found really quite tasty. Um, uh, lot you know bananas, all sorts of things. Um, so I, I did have a plan with gels and whatnot, and I stuck to it. I think for probably the first two thirds of the of the race, and then everything after that just gets a bit. You know, you're just kind of grabbing food and eating it and you know, doing whatever you, you can. I mean, as I say, I missed the last consport stop completely. Uh, 
I started drinking Coke towards the end too, which I'd avoided towards you know at the start. Um, but yeah, got there in the end. So I guess I, I didn't feel the nutrition was an issue. Cool. All right. Um, I don't even, I suppose, know to how to introduce this next uh, result. Um, I've kind of had the best armchair ride really for what is it, Wayne? Probably four years now. <laughs> it felt like through COVID and. You know, I kind of, we always knew that something special was happening here. And, you know, you even would say it that way and describe it that way, almost an out-of-body experience, like you've mentioned a few times. And, like, I, I can't explain how more delighted I was that it eventuated, but it was almost just also ticking the box. And, you know, you will go into it a bit more. Um, but, geez, I think, you know, the minute you cross that finish line, like I was standing at my parents' place and, it was all, I can't imagine what Bronwyn was like because she's the number one fan in the chair squad. And, you know, people, you just, we've all come into your house because you've allowed us to come on this ride. And, you know, congratulations, firstly. I know we've spoken since. Um, but what you did, you probably do realize what well, it is bloody special, mate. And um, congratulations. And I don't think you've stopped smiling uh, since you crossed that finish line. So, um, I said to the other guys, take us on a ride, but I think you're well and truly about to take us on a, a magic carpet ride. So it's all <laughs> yours. Uh, thank you so much, Owen, Katrina, Murray. Um, and I think you've, you've nailed it there, Owen, is that um, a lot of people see that he's up and they don't realise, um, you know, there's, there's something I keep saying. Uh, the race itself um, is a pure celebration and, and, and there's a journey um, that led to it, and it comes as far back as meeting Katrina from back then, you know, 2019, 2018, um, when a part of me uh, believed uh, that 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 you could achieve something if you if you work hard uh, and if you commit and and if you stick to a plan and you stay patient, um, you know, just to reiterate, you know, Murray and build and sort of build on what Murray said there is that, um, you know. It takes time, you know, getting your strength uh, building up really takes time. Um, I think uh, I learned from my mum best. Uh, she said to me, because, uh, you know, I'm sure many listeners uh, do, do listen to the, you know, now I've shared it before. I only started running uh, in my early 40s, so I left it pretty late. Uh, and um, there were quite a few people who thought I was nuts, uh, and especially when I, I laid my ambitions out there saying, this is what I'd like to do. I'm in love with comrades. Um, and one day, um, I believe I can achieve uh, this, saying it uh, as humbly as I could, but believing that with, with, with commitment and hard work, it could. Um, before I actually go and describe the race itself, I need to say thank you. I had no idea. I, I, I honestly had no idea uh, the following um, that had been generated uh, through the long road to comrades uh, for the last few years. And this, um, the amount of people that I met personally uh, that screamed out along the way, um, the messages, and I can tell you without <laughs> um, being, being genuinely honest, because I said I'm going to reply to every message I got. Um, I've got a few thousand messages, which I promised to get back to, and, and I'm still working my way through that, uh, just to say thank you to, to the so many people um, uh, for their support. Um, the amount of people, what blew me, Owen, and I say to you, uh, because I need to say thank you uh, for, for, the, for the journey. I share this with Katrina, who shared the same sentiment, and I'm sure Murray does. 
being on the show gives you the accountability that, hey, hang on, I need to, obviously, I'm going to produce something. Uh, but when you talk about it, you have to back it up. And this is what, you know, we, we've chatted about is that um, being on air makes you um, wholeheartedly accountable. Um, and that's why I said, Maria, uh, you know, uh, if I go to war, you can come with me because generally um, I believe that uh, if you're going to have a go at something, you got to work hard. And it doesn't matter what people say. They say you can't do it. You're too small. You're too big, whatever. Uh, if you work hard at something, you can achieve anything. And that was my reason behind the question to you as well, Murray, is that how do you feel post-comrades? Because after my first, you know, after comrades in building them, I just felt like I could do anything, especially the last eight or nine. I just felt like I could just attack anything. And I still, believe me, as I sit here as a 50-year-old young man, uh, I believe that uh, I can. I still got a lot of good running in me. And I say that humbly uh, in that uh, I, I know with a uh, continued effort, and, and doing things the right way and having the right people behind me and having a beautiful wife who I need to thank as well for her love and support uh, got me through that. Um, leading up to today's day, I said it uh, in the previous chats, uh, I'm so grateful for Coach Dave Adams um, and being surrounded by world-class guys um, in those a number of weeks up to comrades. Um, I cannot begin to tell you how much confidence that gave me going into the run when we sat down a week before race and coach uh, gave us all our splits and, and designated times, when he gave me mine, I looked at him and I said, this is fairly ambitious. <laughs> but he looked at me and he said to me, I know you can do this. That's all he had to say and that had given me the confidence that I, that I needed to execute. Come race day itself, and I'm sure Katrina can attest to it, and Murray uh, to an extent, um, man, the race from the gun, and I can tell you this, we had a uh, plan, Owen, but we had to go from plan A to plan B to plan C simply because the pace in the front was just so, so hot. I'm not just talking males, I'm talking females too, because I could hear that female bus behind me. It was hot. And uh, the plan was to stick with the bunch for the first eight to 10 Ks. But I soon realized, uh, you know, shortly be before we got to 10 K, I said, I said to the group we were in, I said, we have to bail, we have to pull the pin because you can look at my splits, it's there. Um, they were way too hot, and I knew we couldn't maintain that because it said the bus will settle. Uh, I also knew, too, uh, from <laughs> from training with Tete and Slender that they were going for a record, so they were going to break the record. That was the two of them were determined. And if you look at the result today, both of them finished under uh, record time this year, this year's comrades. Super proud of, of their efforts. So I knew because of that, that's going to happen. Throwing into the mix the fact that you had all these ambitious guys out there pushing the pace, that's exactly what happened. So I knew that if I stick to my plan and I just relax, everything will happen the way it's meant to happen, which includes a lot of guys up front blowing up. And I saw an immense amount of blowing up up front. It was, it was crazy. Um, I can tell you this, and this is a fact, because everyone asked me the exact same question is, um, how did you feel in terms of, we know how you felt last year, but this year, and I can tell you confidently that, yes, this year I still worked. I did work hard through the race, but I was so confident in the strength work that I had basically designated um, towards this comrade's mountain that my, my, my body could handle the load. And I tell you what, Katrina's mentioned it, going down fields here, I never felt so, I was elated and happy. People thought that dude's on drugs, he's high because I was just, 
I was just loving it going down there. I loved all the way, everything, the whole race. Um, like I said, for, for me, it was one of those days where everything lined up in terms of, you know, this, they call it the Swiss cheese, where everything's going to line up. I had that exact, exact, exact feeling. When I explained to you that everything from my nutrition uh, to to how I executed, to not getting one little niggle uh, through the race, uh, it was just perfect. I could, I could, I could sense. I knew this is a special day. Um, of course, everyone has spoken about uh, the Masters and 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 whether or not it could it could be done. Um, I'll say this openly because. Our team manager Nick Bester said, "He said, look, Wayne, 548 is, is fairly ambitious, <laughs> you know, especially at your age. Do you, do you think you can do it?" And I looked at him. And I said confidently, "I said, Nick, um, if there were anyone you could back on a day, you can you can count on me." And uh, he, he said to me, "Well, I'll be at, at that start, at that finish line and, and waiting to see." I also had a good group of friends who were there uh, inside that last little mile. They call it uh, well, the last kilometer. Uh, and I, I said to them, I promised them, and a lot of you haven't seen some some footage that they have taken, but uh, I can, if, if you would like to see it, I can post it. But essentially, um, you know, I said to them that if I were to break six hours, I would be the happiest guy on earth. But if I were to go under 548 and no I can, I'll, I'll celebrate like a pork chop. I'll, I'll, I'll be super excited. You'll know it. And they said to me, if we can see you and we know you under that, you will, we will scream so loud, you will know it's us. I said, how am I going to know? They said, you will know. And I'm not lying, uh, Dan, Vern, and, and all my buddies that were there, they were on microphones and loudspeakers, and I've got all this on video, screaming for me inside those last seven, 800 meters. And I tell you what, I knew it was them. And from then, and I'm not ashamed to, to say, to tell everyone, that last kilometer, I cried the whole way, uh, right to the finish line. I had glasses on, but I had tears the whole way. Because it's, it's, it's like watching... A moment in time, uh, just 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 happening in front of you, like ah, somebody wake me up, you know. I remember Bruce Bordas words he always say, when it comes to comrades and special moments, just freeze them and take them and freeze them inside your mind. And I said it to you last year, and I'm sure you remember Owen. I said, gee, it was after running six or one. If anything would have happened to me when I was fall down, you know, and and pass on tomorrow, I'd be a happy guy. And I'm sitting in the exact same position. Anything would happen to me tomorrow, or you know, I'd be the happiest guy on the planet. And I said that to my wife and my family when I got home. I said, I thank them, you, you know, because that, that was something that I did, not just for me, but for my family, because I knew, I knew no, the, the, the whole sacrifice behind it all. But yes, I screamed like a pork chop. And I, and I remember coming into the stadium, I was, I was not touching the ground, not touching the ground. I was still just knocking it up. And I remember still looking at it. But then I just knew I, I was right on goal and where I needed to be. Uh, and yeah, crossing that line, <laughs> who was there first to greet me was Nick Bester. And he, <laughs> he literally swore and he said he couldn't believe what he was seeing. So I said, look, you know, and he, and he, and he mentioned how proud he was. And, and of course, um, you know, sort of spilled out from there. And, and, and just to um, sort of, you know, to, to hit a goal is, is, is one thing, but to, to really, to knock it, um, it just gives you such a sense of um, not just pride and well-being, but to know that, you know, what again, if, if you work hard, anything is possible. The knock-on effect and, and following comrades, like I said, I finished and met all friends, and I still remember running up there, the scaffold there, I ran right up. Like, if comrades was another 10 Ks or 20 Ks, I could have still kept going. That's generally how I felt. Um, like, I had no doms or anything like that. Um, I just 
I had so much energy. I just like, you know, I just, I, I could not explain it. Um, but I, I felt like I could generally keep going. Um, I also had a lot of love. I could, I was just hugging everyone. They were just, you know, it, it, it was a special, special, special day. Um, you know, to top it all off, I had guys like Bruce Fordyce, and of all people say to me, he says he didn't, he said that in this lifetime, he didn't know if we'd see a master break, you know, the 548, but allegedly uh, Vladimir Kortov said, he said to me, Wayne, he owes me a coffee. He said he needs to take me out. Uh, he shout, you know, for doing that. Um, and, and, you know, just, just to get the feedback from all the legends, the very next day um, at prize giving, the gentleman's record uh, that I managed to eclipse came up to me and, and he, he said to me, I don't know what they're talking about. You know, this is a legendary run. And he explained, you know, the up and the down. And, you know, he said in his own words, because he's from Belarus or something like that, he said to me, well done, well done. And I said, no, thank you. I said, can I just have a picture with you? And we managed to do that. But, you know, again, just to tell you how special Comrades is, um, you know, the fairy tale that is Comrades, because Comrades is, uh, it's life-changing. I don't care what you said. And Katrina Martin has to, he knows, he knows why he, he needs to experience it is, is because he knows he'll be changed forever. You know, he's a top lock now. He runs comrades. See what happens him after that. You know, and this is this is where uh, comrades uh, teaches you so much. Um, I'm just so, and I have to say it, you know, because obviously, um, you, you know, being on the panel, listening to so many, and getting, getting people, so many people to listen to us. Uh, you know, the the actual progression that I've just uh, I've achieved over comrades. Uh, I'm just so grateful um, for that, and and for obviously. Um, you know, being a part uh, of something so, so special. Uh, I think to sum it up nicely, um, I've got my son uh, who lives for college this year, and he said to me, Dad, he says, uh, it's hard to put into words uh, what I feel about you. Uh, but he says to me, <laughs> the legacy that you're leaving for me, you're making it hard for me <laughs> because, because he's so proud, you know, of who I am as his dad. Um, but, but he says openly, he says that you're my hero. And, you know, like I said, um, to sort of go through and, and, and see all this knock-on effect from that, um, it absolutely uh, it gives me that sense of not just pride and joy, but to know that, um, yeah, you know, once you're on the comrades, life, you, you'll never be the same, 100%, you'll never be the same. Uh, and, again, to all the support, the amazing, amazing support from Team Nedbank, Again, if you saw Katrina on Friday <laughs> or on, on Thursday, uh, and 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 you know to to see her achieve what she did, uh, I couldn't be more proud. You know, and that's why I said just those little bits and pieces. I think you know, oh, when you're the only one, you should have been there because every one of us that were there, it was just it was a day, uh, you know, just a magic day. The weather was near perfect. Um, you know, finally to to my teammates because I trained with these guys for the last four eight weeks. And uh, these guys are a phenomenal, phenomenal bunch who accepted me um, as a brother and, and who treated me just like that as a brother. Uh, and the amount of influence that they've had on me on a, on a personal level um, is just um, insurmountable. I cannot, I cannot categorize it or, or put it into to any other words to say that I'm so grateful to have just been part of a, a special group and a special bunch. And, you know, when the old saying, when you sleep with dogs, you get fleas, you know. So, you know, it's, 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 
you know, when you, when you, if, if you want to be good at something, and this is the one piece of advice I'd give to anyone, take advice and take all, you get, you get good and bad advice, but try and take your advice from people who know how to do it, you know? And, and when I, by, by saying that, I, I mean, you know, you, you're always learning about yourself and you, you try and see, you know, how can I improve? How can I do things? Um, but the one thing that so many people in listening to the panel, uh, li listening to, 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 to long route to comrades, uh, have said about this whole, uh, you know, if, you know, the whole build up to it is, is how grateful they are for the story that we all have. And they all want to listen to it because they know this is, this is, you know, one of those secrets that they could secret channels that they could use to get onto that. Um, you know, the amount of, I still cannot believe as I sit here, how much of a, an effect my run at Comrades has had on, on our community yeah, in Australia. Um, yeah, it's just mind blowing. Um, you know, you know, guys from, from Don, Don Wallace, again, I give, I've mentioned it to you guys over and over. Um, he just cannot, he's blown away and, and just so, so proud um, of the run itself. Um, and yeah, I know I'll definitely be able to look back on this, um, you know, on, on my, my journey and my experience. And I can't wait to sit with my grandchildren um, and sit and tell them all these stories. Uh, I've got so many, so many stories, but so many, so many special moments. And if there's one piece of advice I could leave with all of you guys is this, especially with, you know, a few more, I can, yeah, you, you guys are hooked and, and comrades just say, uh, you know, don't be afraid to to take in those moments. Uh, I know, you know, I know, Mary, you mentioned it was a bit of a blur and those sort of things, and that's what happens uh, during comrades. But there's a lot of special stuff that comes out of it, and don't be scared to freeze it, and don't be scared to to go out there. If you've got a goal, go out there and 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 and, and make it happen. I still believe, Katrina, your best at comrades is yet to come. That's in my opinion. Um, Mary, you've got so much potential, mate. Um, you know, just that's why I said I still I don't think you realize what you've done, but it, but but huge kudos and huge respect. And again, I said it, Owen, but thank you to you, yeah, for just the sense of accountability that's kept me open, kept me honest, and um, it's been exciting, and I've enjoyed every every minute of it. And thank you to all the listeners. Perfect. Well, you're not going away anytime soon because I've got some questions for you. But uh, I think he's still got those endorphins, endorphins running through. Um, you might be on a mine site, but you still got the high. So, all right, Wayne, 548 was the plan or the goal. When does 548 become 542? Um, <laughs> does that just naturally happen? Uh, or do you kind of go, hey, we're actually going pretty well here. Let's pick it up a bit. What does that look like? Well, what it looks like, like I said, the plan that I'd given been given by by Dave Adams and and all my splits. Um, going through halfway, I was exactly two minutes uh, under my my planned schedule, so I knew, and and I didn't feel the first uh, the first honestly for forty four kilometers or so, climbing out of Drummond, and I'll be very honest without uh, that because I know what it was what it's like. It's it's pro probably the toughest stretch uh, seven k's to top of Baltazil. I remember just um, just absolutely cruising through that um, and feeling so good. Um, so that was the instinct uh, that I knew. It given me a, a split in the time to the top of Baltus, and I hit that with about three or four minutes in the bank. They said, if you're feeling great, just, just roll and just go with it. And that's exactly what I did. Um, again, 
um, you know, uh, 545 was sort of the goal he put out there. So to get 542, um, uh, you couldn't, uh, I'm the happiest kid in school. Uh, you couldn't ask for more. Um, and that's why I celebrated dancing in that stadium like a pork chop. I didn't care if I lost 30 seconds from dancing. Um, that was, to me, was just a moment to celebrate. So, yeah, that, that's when I knew um, when those legs were good and, and they were spinning out I knew um, come down both as well, just, just, just go and take it in. And, and the confidence that I had because of um, the strength work and training uh, just, just, just added to that. And again, for you, fear of failure, because when you guys blow, there's no rescuing a sub seven and a half. It's game over. Uh, and you committed a lot. Were there any doubts, you know, even leading in? Or I know you're pretty confident, and but does the work back up? Do you just go, right, well, I've done all of this. I'm standing here. Let's go. 100% um, confident was what I what I had. And that word failure did not exist in my vocabulary. Saying that very strongly. Um, I know in the lead up to it, in the last three weeks or so, we did a few tests and trials. And man, you know, on a personal level, I know I ticked every single box and I knew um, I'm in for a special day. Um, you know, obviously knowing comrades, and that's why I'd ask Katrina that question, which did, which does she think she'd, she'd obviously um, be better on the, the up or the downers? Because me on a personal level, I love the up and I, and I still feel I've got a good up in me. Um, whereas the down was my, my nemesis, my enemy, and I, and, I, and I struggled. So that's why I had that much confidence from uh, the downhill work specifically. Like we did a lot of bounding uh, in preparation for comrades, but we did an equal amount of, of downhill running. And because of that, I knew that I ticked all the boxes. Um, the legs were super strong. And that's why I'm, I'm explaining to you as that, with, please and don't get me wrong, and, and this is exactly what we had this chat as a team afterwards. Uh, comrades, without sunny comrades for me was a joy to run this year. There was no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was a challenge, but um, it, it it felt like I was more than up to the challenge. It's like going into the boxing ring and saying, uh, "I'm going to knock this dude out, my opponent," and that's what I did. Is I, I and don't get me wrong, Mary, I respected face because I knew where to, to to look after myself but like I say I held back early in the race um, I knew that just just from guiding and governing myself uh, through the tricky parts that when it came to game time which for me was uh, just past 54k which is now coming down both is zero to your crest that it's time to switch on and everything was in place to execute so yep that that worked did not exist though and so and I had a hundred percent confidence in, in the build up that I had. And again, not having any niggles or injury to helps a hell of a lot. Did you run out of road? I think I did. <laughs> I'll be very honest. I wish and and without again, please uh, I'm just because I'm I'm hundred percent still on, on a mad high. Uh so I, I wish comrades was another ten Another 20K. I just wish it was another 20K because I, 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 I could feel I was, I, was, I was charging. I could feel it. And that's why, um, you know, I had, if I tell you the amount of compliments I had from guys like Mike Foccarini for Onanela Konkobe and these guys who I overtook in the last 10Ks, they were literally shouting at me saying, brother, <laughs> what you're doing is, is amazing because, you know, I came past there feeling so good. 
and 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 they were all going backwards. So to get that from them in the feedback uh, post comrades, um, it meant so much. And like I said, I think to answer your question and been very honest, I wish comrades was longer. <laughs> So then to my next question. I think that's probably the yeah. first time that's ever been said on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Some people, 50K. Um, so to my next question then, because a lot of people have asked me this, what does he do now? Do you, you know, you've also, it's a legacy piece too. Like, do you go, actually, this would be good on the record. And it's another blemish. Or do you go, hey, I can go faster here. What are you thinking right now? Like, I know there'll be other opportunities, but right now, what's your thoughts? Say it is a down run. Um, yeah. So take the up run out of it. It is a down run. What do you think? Well, again, in building on it, um, you know, comrades, I, I'd like to go back. Um, I still believe I, I, I want to have a crack at the up run. Um, so I've got some unfinished business there. Um if it is another down run, uh, I, I confidently know how to prepare for it, so I'll, I'll use that. But now I won't be afraid to, uh, you know, I'll, I'll push on and 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 obviously um, work with the bunch. So I'll do that, you know. Um, but to answer your question about yes, there's there's lots of other things, and I've said it openly. I've never done a hundred k, and I've had so much chit chat and chat, you know, about attempting a hundred k. Um, as race, so I'd like to have a crack because I believe I, um, I, I have, I do have the endurance. Um, I, I've just got to fine tune, you know, fine tune it specifically for for a hundred k event. Um, so there's been much, much interest from the ultra community here in Australia about saying you need to step up to the hundred k, and that's something that's on my radar. I'd love to to have a crack um, at a hundred k event. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, back to your point about your team, it's it's pretty much that whole, like, rising tide, lifting all boats thing, right? Like, and, you know, Murray, your family stayed here, but you knew that they were with you. And, you know, Bronwyn didn't go over, um, and you kind of knew that they were there, uh, Katrina, you had your husband. But I, I think that's one thing we, we, we always remember, but we don't notice until the end when we kind of see Jesus. And I've said it. The medal is almost for the people in your lives than for you. Like the result is there for you, but the medal is almost this thing that they, you know, they have a claim to. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I dare say that, you know, you've lost your medal. There's probably the boys will share, <laughs> Bronwyn will share, and then, yeah. Uh, that's been taken off me already. So it's all been taken off me. So, cool. no, that's proudly, proudly, yeah. uh, The other two, I dare say, would have plenty for you. So, <laughs> Uh, not sure who wants to jump in first. Do I need to nominate? Katrina, you go first. Well, I mean, I'm absolutely so in awe and admiration of you, Wayne. I, I, can't, I can't be uh, underestimated or I can't like uh, express highly enough how incredibly impressive you are. You set such a lofty goal. Um, and you didn't just reach the goal, you absolutely smashed it out of the park. And uh, funnily enough, when I when I crossed the line and um, I, you know, I got to see Martin, I said, did, did Wayne run under the record? And he goes, 
yeah, he was way under. And actually, he'd even be way more under. He had like such a lavish dance on the way in. So he was just, he's seen me over the years, like kill myself right up until the end, wearing like every second of counting. So I think he was a bit shocked by your, you know, your dance on the way in. But obviously, just, uh, you know, hats off even your ability to do that because you recognize yourself, the achievement. And I'm so happy that you were able to enjoy it and uh, obviously get the crowd. Well, the crowd were already behind you. But, um, I mean, I don't really know what I want to ask you. I've literally been, I feel like I've been really fortunate to sit on this, um, you know, train journey and watch how, you know, I mean, we first met in 2019 and you were a fantastic encouragement to me coming up um, Polly Shorts. And and uh, I know you've mentioned it, Erwin, you've been like, I'm so pleased that you asked me to join this podcast because I feel really fortunate that I had the encouragement of, all all three of you guys you know throughout the, the process but I mean Wayne your enthusiasm I mean definitely shines out yes. and um I mean I, I mean I don't know if I have any questions for you on race day because it seems like it was just the best day and and I've had a few in the past but I don't think they've been you know I think when the stars align for you on race day they just align for you and it's just something that it's so rare in our sport that when when it happens I'm so pleased that you got it right on the time when, when you needed it um, my questions for you are kind of more, um, maybe not about the race itself, but like, uh, and, and and I was wondering what you would do next, but Irwin's already asked that. Um, so two things for me. One, um, would you do? You, have you considered becoming a coach, or do you think you would like to? Because you're so passionate about it, and you have so much knowledge, and you've really just been there and done that. Um, like, would you consider helping other people to achieve what you're achieving or, you know, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> that's, that's a fantastic question. Uh, and, and I'll answer it in two ways. Um, one was Coach Dave Adams, who I've only just joined his, his, his happy bunch, he calls it. Um, and under his guidance, um, he was quite intrigued by the fact that, because um, everything, and, and that's why Murray... Uh, it gives me a lot of um, – there's a lot that I can see of myself in a sense is that everything that that, that he did do, um, I kept questioning and I always liked um, – I like the, you know, to obviously – I always – everything that he did, I like to get an answer for it and, 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 and getting to the research and that's involved with how he got to it. Um, and he, he, he posed exactly that to me and he said to me, do you know that you – You've got a one thing you notice about me around the guys is that um, I'm, I'm always uh, encouraging them and, and and lifting them up. Feel like they, you know, um, they're on another level when I talk because um, and he noticed that they listened to me. Like if he needed to do stuff, sometimes he struggled, but he, he'd come to me and he'd say, "Say this to the guys and I'd do it." Come to the back door and they'd listen. So he said to me, "Wayne, you have the ability to talk to people, to listen to them." Uh, to, for them to listen to you, but more than that, um, you know, to encourage them. And, and so he said to me, have you ever thought about coaching people? So I said, well, uh, I've tried it with my son and my wife and it, it did work. <laughs> so yeah, it's something honestly, because you know, I've thought of, um, and um, like lots of the guys at work here yeah, and they listen to the show as well. Um, I sort of talk along these lines about how to improve your fitness in general. Um, and yeah, how did um go from being a couch potato to running a marathon. So that's something that I, I have thought of, because, you know, being very honest, 
Um, and I haven't, uh, yeah, more and more people are, have been asking me for advice and, and how to get into it, how, how to, you know, improve uh, in the sport that we love. So, yeah, it's, it's something that's been more and more uh, chewing at me. And, yeah, maybe it's something I'll have to seriously uh, take into effect and say, hey, hang on, is that something that I can't take up? And maybe I should. <laughs> Yeah, and even watching you in the camp, you know, before the race, like you do, you you definitely carry the role of a leader of sorts, you know. And I know I could see the guys really had so much respect for you as well. And and um, you know, I I just think well, you're just so passionate about it, and it's really contagious. And um, you know, I I mean, I in a way, as I said, I've been very fortunate that I was on this podcast. But every time we come off the podcast, I feel really buoyed up, and I'm like, right, I need to get ready. <laughs> and it is a lot of it is thanks to your, you know, your your genuine love for it and your passion um but uh the, this is a, the other question I have again probably a little bit off point but um how did you feel the next day could you walk could you run when when did you do your next run after after comrade well again i saw you the next day I went to um the uh, prize giving but yeah. yeah but um and i flew home pretty much um, that that afternoon i had flown back and I remember arriving back in Australia on, and, I, and I wondered how it feel because, you know, after sitting on the plane for 12 hours, um, I jumped yeah. up in Sydney and I said, gee, where's how I'm going to feel? Um, but, yeah, no, honestly, surprisingly felt so good. And the instruction that I've been given is, is not to do any running, <laughs> you know, in the next two to three weeks. So I said, no, I cannot. I need to do something. Um, so which is obviously uh, I did a little trot around at home. The legs felt so good. So I said, no, no, let me, you know, I rested the weekend gone. I had a rest. And then I said, no, I've got a lake where I go and do a loop. I said, let me, let me just put my heart rate monitor on and, and just go for a run and, and switch off, which is what I did. And I felt so good. You know, I just, it's, I just clipped along like, like I didn't run comrades. Um, so yeah, I've, like I said, honestly, I haven't had any sort of doms. Um, I haven't had any sort of uh, discomfort. Um, nothing, you know. I've had blisters and things in the past, um, but uh, I had none of that. Um, and yeah, like I said, pulled up so so well. And my instruction is is not to start training um, uh, uh, until next month, until July. Uh, but yeah, I've gone for sneaky runs. Even at work, I've already been for sneaky run. <laughs> You got to get your pulled up so on your island. Thing. You haven't been there <laughs> in six months, so no, <laughs> no. And that's what the guys are saying. It's strange to see me catch, catch, uh, catch a lift back with the guys because I normally run back about five k from from water camp. Uh, they say, "Oh, it's super strange." I said, "No, no, I have to listen." So yeah, now pulled up so well, uh, Katrina. Yeah. Really, really. Uh, looking forward to the next challenge. I think that probably shows the training that you had done, the preparation. You you really were so prepared. Um, yes. So finally, then for me, just um, so you, you know, your trajectory has been very impressive from your first comrades to you know this one. Um, and I know it's all down to hard work and self belief, and you know, setting it, uh, setting targets, and probably many targets on the way there. But is there is there is it an unfair question to ask you if there was one thing that you would say really was the thing that you know what changed from your first comrades to, to um you know this one um is there one thing you can put your finger on and say that was that was what changed it in my mind or that was what that was when i knew i was going to make, break this record well 
absolutely. The one thing that made a key difference was, like I said, the last 18 months or so, I was just going into the gym and spending time in the gym because I'll be dead honest with you, Katrina. Um, I'm not, you can see I'm not a gym guy and I, and I don't really, you know, I, I found the gym very boring. Uh, that's the truth. It's just doing reps uh, just didn't do it for me. But once I got to understand and people got into my head that you need to get in there to strengthen, not to bulk, to strengthen, um, I started to enjoy it because I could feel the gains that were coming. Uh, I'm not lying, Katrina, if I tell you one of the tests I had in leading up to comrades the last few weeks was running up a hill and then, you know, two Ks and down the hill, two Ks and doing that a few times. And I could feel myself running up this gradient and saying, my goodness, this feels good at, at, at a decent gallop. And then, you know, going down is fine. But, you know, in the past, I knew going up to you was you can feel it. But when you're going up and you can feel the strength, you're going, this is awesome. And that's why I can say, you know, confidently, you know, the toughest part of comrades, they say, is coming down in Chalga into halfway Drummond and then coming and climbing up, up and into that. For me, that was, it was like, uh, you know, I felt in love with the race itself. It was like, my yeah. goodness, this, why do people complain about this? <laughs> but, I asked myself the question on uh, two weeks ago, why is it that I struggled through this section in years gone? Um, so, yep, to answer your question, strength. absolutely, strength work and getting in the gym, I cannot reiterate um, how, what an integral role that has played in, in, my, in, in my small amount of success at Comrades. Well, a large amount of success. But I think, I think it's fair to say we said if you could bottle what... Mary has done as a novice and said it. She'd be selling massive bottles. Well, I think equally is relevant <laughs> to you, Wayne. If we could possibly bottle your enthusiasm and your, um, you know, your success. Oh wow! I think you would <laughs> be on some sort of skyrocket. <laughs> supposed to <have> bottle. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne, I'll just I'll just be be quick. But first, you know, well done on that amazing amazing run. Um, as everyone said and. Uh, it's been great sharing the podcast with you. And I think the rare quality you have, which Katrina's picked up on too, is you obviously take immense joy in your own running, but I think you seem to take even more joy in other people's running. And that's such a rare quality in, in the sport, which can be quite an individualistic one. Um, so, you know, you have the enthusiasm about what you're doing, but you have such enthusiasm about what other people are doing too. And I think that's exactly the quality which would make you a fantastic coach. So, you know, just, just bear that in mind. Um, and, you know, like Katrina said, I've really, when I first came onto this podcast, um, I thought, oh, I'm going to be on here with these two elite athletes and, I'll, you know, what, what am I going to contribute? But actually from both Katrina and, and from Wayne, I've just got so much and yeah, gained so much sort of motivation about comrades from both of you. Support. Uh, I actually had one question, but I think you've kind of answered it. Um, so, and the question was just about, you said in previous years, the field hill, those downhill sections had really been your undoing. Uh, but I assume it's the strength training that, that made the difference this year. Uh, is that right? 100%. Um, it's definitely the strength work. Um, but also, um, the one thing that I, I did differently, Murray, um, to previous comrades, especially last year's ones, I incorporated specific downhill uh, okay. running. Um, into in, into our, well, well, that's the program that 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 I've been introduced to. Um, whereas I, I placed so much emphasis on on hill running and up uphill running, you know, and I'd neglected downhill running. Um, and that's that that's what I needed to to work on, which is what was obviously 
the key, I feel. Well, we've been going for a oh, while, so I'm, I'm not going to ask another question now. So I think I'll just <laughs> thank just you so much. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, well, thank I you. I've so asked everyone else about their nutrition plan. So the last one, Wayne, would be remiss not to ask you what was your plan yeah. going in? Did it work out? And yeah. Absolutely. Um, I had like the tuna six gels, um, and I had carb drinks, uh, which I got at every station. Bettina, uh, the last one I didn't need, but uh, I took them at every single session. Um, my energy felt um, absolutely spot on. And not to forget, Owen, I had two hot cross buns, uh, which I kept tucked into the side, um, and I cut them in half. Um, I had them specially delivered from, thank you, Vern, and thank you, Dan. Two hot cross buns with some peanut butter on it, layered thick. That was, that was the magic. That was the money there, right there, hot cross buns. So Katrina, I don't think you know this story, but uh, Wayne up there, so we should actually hit them up, Wayne, for an endorsement now, but there's a company that does peanut butter packs and Wayne used to use them. Um, and his mom used to actually sew in a pouch in his shorts for a drink bottle and he would have a drink bottle in his shorts. So in the yeah. back, yeah. Good ingredients. We Talking about sure. prepared your rice, that guy prepared. <laughs> well, I, I, want, I can't tell you the look. So, so the look of people around me, like Benny and all them, will tell you, like, where'd you get a hot crust bun from? I said, dude, this is <laughs> this is the life. This is what you guys are missing. And I chewed on it for about two kilometers, Katrina, just slowly chewing on it. Yeah, just beautiful with water. That's all you need. You know what's going to happen? <laughs> Five hundred people are going to be lining up at Emirates next year. With hot cross buns because the podcast did it, so it's going to be like one of those. I remember they brought out gels with chili extract in it, and everybody raced out to buy these gels because it was supposed to be the magic cramping tablet. And yeah. you can at the expo, you should set up a hot cross bun stand. <laughs> it works, right, but I train with it, so I know what it's like. It works. Thank you guys. We've um. Yeah, we've well and truly done the quota on time, but like I wouldn't even know how to summarize it. I just kind of wrote a few notes down. And in January, did I think that we'd be sitting here with these results? Yeah, probably. Um, just because of the, the type of people that I think we've got together here. Um, you know, you guys are see goal, get goal. And, you know, yeah, Katrina, you had us a bit worried in maybe March, but we kind of always knew that you'd, you'd get going. Um, there was probably moments where you gave us a look of, yeah, I probably need to get going, guys. <laughs> and it did. So we're very glad that that happened. Um, you know, we were, let's tick it off. So we had a female gold medal, tick. We've got a master's record, tick. And we've got a bull roll and novice, tick. I think you guys have done all right. Yeah, so massive kudos on behalf of all the listeners, you know, your families, friends, just... People, when Wayne, you've said it, we'd never thought would be listening to this thing. Um, I still have a pinch myself moment every day when there's people that I just never thought would be interested, and they are because you make it so personable, and it's not a running podcast, but it is. Um, but I think the biggest one for you guys is you allowed the vulnerability to say yes. You know, you could have all said no, Katrina, when we spoke last year, there was no convincing. You were like, tell me about it. What do I do? Yep, I'm in. 
when you're you're in, you're good. But you know, Murray, there was no hesitation, and that takes a fair bit of vulnerability to allow people in. And it's that you know, yeah, I might fail, but I I'm taking you along. So you've given back so much without knowing here, and people have almost gotten to know you without you even realizing, and the inspiration that you you guys have passed on. So yeah, I, I can't thank you enough for just saying yes to this crazy idea that I came up with a few years ago and, you know, we'll continue to do. And yeah, so you guys are the stars, just make it happen in the background. And you put up with random messages on WhatsApp from me and you're like, yep, let's do it. Um, yeah, you all live on every corner of the globe. You said yes. So I just can't say thank you enough and congratulations. I hope you just take some time to celebrate you. Um, I know you're not those type of people, but have a moment where you just almost look in the mirror or have a coffee and go, geez, I've done bloody well here. So, um, yeah, thank you very much. And I think that's it. Who knows? Maybe I'll, uh, there'll be a few messages later in the year to see what you're up to next year. So um, <laughs> the listeners, I think, are kind of almost demanded it. So don't, don't go changing your numbers. And, yeah, so thanks so much to everybody. I know you can... We can now find all of you on social media because we've had a new entrant into the Instagram realm, if uh, <laughs> a few of you haven't realized. So a person I never would have thought would ever have joined social media. Actually, second to my mum, Wayne is the Peer next pressure. person I never would have thought. And, would and, and I have to say, Wayne has been posting quite prolifically for the last <laughs> yeah. week or so. <laughs> He's playing catch-up This is what Instagram it does started. <laughs> so go have a look uh, follow everybody around um yeah thanks so much guys I, I just can't say it enough and um enjoy the downtime because before you know it you'll be ramping up again thank you and thank you for bringing us together thank you yeah champion yeah thank you so All right. much really enjoyed it uh, i'll speak to you guys later thank you all right thanks, guys